What is up, everybody? Hello, hello, how are you? I hope everybody's having a fantastic week so far. Cheers to Wednesday, cheers to Trades Lady Happy Hour, where every week I meet with a, another fabulous woman from the automotive and adjacent trades. Uh, so welders, motorcycle techs, uh, mechanics, uh, you name it. Um, <laughs> all, all sorts of women from all over the automotive trades. I'm really, really excited this week to finally meet Miss Hannah, AKA High Vault Hannah. Um, I'm really thrilled to have her join in. I think, nope, she hasn't asked quite yet, um, but I've not met her. I have followed her on Instagram for a long time and uh, she does some really awesome stuff. She's a, a fantastic technician from what I can tell via Instagram, um, but I'm really excited to meet her in real time and chat a little bit and hear her story and hear where she came from and how her, her experience has been in the trades. And it looks like I have a request, beautiful. And three, two, one. She should be joining us any minute now. <laughs> Hopefully, if technology works, I approve. There she be. I made it. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Those aren't cars behind you. What's going on there? No, I am. I'm at home right now. I'm behind my tailgate. Nice. Are you a guitar player? A little bit. A little bit, but you have like seven of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Well, welcome. It's really awesome to like kind of meet you, e-meet you electronically. <laughs> so how are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited. I'm are really you? excited right now. <laughs> I just um, chugged a zip fizz. So my caffeine levels are like through the roof. So I'm hoping that I'm not uh, not too skittishly high energy. <laughs> but. It's I would match that, so it's yes. very okay. Beautiful, beautiful. Are you drinking today? Are we are we cheersing? Oh, uh, we are cheersing. I have water because I need water. Okay, fair, fair. <laughs> All right, I'll drink the whiskey for both of us then. Sounds good. <laughs> so I know virtually nothing about you and your story and how you got into all of this. Um, I was just telling everybody a little bit that you're a technician, you're a level two technician, right? Yeah. And you just recently passed that and entered into level two, is that right? Yes, so it was a bit of a mess this past year with everything, but we got it. <laughs> nice, congratulations. Thank you. Now, where, where are you based? I'm in Ontario, Canada. Okay, very cool. So I'm not super familiar with the different levels of technicians. Canada does everything so much better than we do here in the States. <laughs> <laughs> Way more formal. I think it's a really cool thing. Um, what, what are the different levels of technician that you can be and like how big of a deal is it that you're, you're level two? What does that all mean? So level two for me means that I'm not actually licensed yet. Okay. So we have um, are three different levels within the apprenticeship okay. and you have to um, you get technically laid off for eight weeks at a time and you go to school full time for each oh, level okay and you complete your level three then you're able to go write your exam 
Okay, very cool. And do you have to be licensed to practice, to practice, to be a mechanic? Like we're talking about doctors here, but we kind of are. <laughs> um, it does depend what you're doing. So with each level, technically speaking, you're allowed to do different jobs. Okay. Um, and you have to be supervised as well while you're doing them. Okay. By, by a licensed technician. So are there like mechanic shops where they have non-licensed technicians? Is that like even a thing? Probably, <laughs> but no, technically speaking, everyone is supposed to be licensed. And if you're not yet licensed, you're supposed to be a registered apprentice. Okay. I think it's so cool. I'm, I have such envy of the system there and what you guys do as far as training in the trades. It's just so much, so much better than what we have here. I think it's really oh, awesome. It is very different. Yeah, for sure. Cause here you can, you can, my mom could call herself a mechanic. And that, that would be a scary thing because she doesn't even like to pump her own gas, let alone fix a car. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's no, like, there's no certifications required whatsoever. So any, anybody can just hang a shingle and call themselves a technician. And like, there's no organized process for training and apprenticing and getting people into the trades. Like, it's a shame. That's a little scary. Just a right? little bit. <laughs> it's it's a lot scary. <laughs> so how did you like how did you get into all of this? What was your what was your path? How did you get your start? Oh gosh. Um <laughs> Is that a long story? <laughs> it's short enough. Um it wasn't in the plan at all. Um like in high school I had planned to go to um Sorry, my cat was meowing so loud that I couldn't hear what you just said because I have a crazy cat. <laughs> I also have a cat. I shut my door so he wouldn't. Smart. Interrupt. Smart. Um, yeah, I was going to go to university. That was my plan. I wanted to do psychology or philosophy or I was always a fixer. And I was really dead set on, oh, I need to fix the world. And <laughs> I so relate. But yeah, that was, um, that was the plan. And then I always had a little interest. It was very surface level, though, in motorcycles and classic cars. Okay. Um, my dad rode motorcycles growing up. I always loved that. We went to classic car shows all the time. Never invested any thought into it. And then in high school, my mom suggested I take the automotive course. Interesting. What was her reasoning for suggesting it? I was about to get my license. And she said that I should probably know a thing or two about a car if I was going to drive one. Smart mom. Very cool. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. So I took the class and that was pretty much it. <laughs> you were just hooked. You're like, yep, this is it. Yeah, I knew that's awesome. Very cool. So that was in high school. Yeah. So then how does that work? So you took the class in high school and then is it like, so it's another thing that you sign on for afterwards? Is it another school or is it? Yeah. So the class that I took in high school didn't, didn't count for anything. It was just a high school class. Right. Um, so I finished high school, was 17, trying to look for an apprenticeship. I didn't even really under, I didn't have a full understanding of what it was because it's a little bit confusing at first. Yeah. Um, 
So you basically have to find a shop to hire you with no experience and then get them to sign you on as an apprentice so that you're able to register for school and they're like your sponsor. Interesting. And what was that process like? Was it challenging to find a place or? Honestly, it was brutal. Really? Yeah, it was very difficult. Um, I probably called 20 to 30 shops around my city. I printed off a stack of resumes and I made a list and just called them, called them, called them. And I had people laughing at me on the other end of the phone saying, you're a girl, you should try something else. Good luck. No way. That's disheartening to hear that that's still the case. Like that was my experience 20 years ago. And sometimes I have moments of hopefulness that things are changing and then I mean, how long, this was not that long ago, right? This would have been about four and a half years ago now. Okay. Because uh, you're a youngin. <laughs> but yeah, that's really, that's really sad that that's still, that's still the case, getting actually laughed at by people. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I didn't, um, I didn't realize that the sexism would still be that present when I decided that I thought that's what I wanted to do for a career. Yeah. It really was just out of love for the job and cars and wanting to get my hands dirty and all the trade stuff. It, I had no idea that those types of things were still present until I got into it. And then it just pushed me even further into it. Did it, did it ever discourage you and make you want to say, never mind? Oh, definitely. Um, like the hard, the hard days are very hard, I find, um, still, just as a woman in this field. Um, but every other day is really rewarding, so it feels like it makes up for it. I can definitely relate. Um, see, there's the, there's the idiot. Somehow the camera turns on and he's like, oh, hey, it's showtime. <laughs> he's welcome to happy hour. Oh my gosh, no, he's not, because he's going to bite me. Because <laughs> he's a little shithead. <laughs> so, how? What was the first the first shop that gave you a chance? What was that like? Is that I'm, where you're at currently? Yes. Okay. Um, and I will say for context, just because anybody following me knows, I'm temporarily laid off right now. Okay. Um, is that like the temporary laid off to for schooling, or is that a no? Um, our, my city just went through a lockdown recently, so all the work just dropped right off after Christmas. Gotcha. So there's been lots of layoffs everywhere. This is the first time my shop has ever done layoffs. Oh, wow. It's brand new, but it's definitely temporary and I will be going back. So good. Good. Um, That's crazy. It's been, it's been such an interesting ride for repair shops. I feel like like at the be very beginning of COVID everything dropped off. And then I've heard from a lot of shops that they were actually doing phenomenally well during yeah. COVID because people weren't buying new cars because income had dried up a little bit, right? So they weren't buying new, they were fixing their old. So the, the shops did really well. And then I think it's kind of fallen off again. That's, mm -hmm. that's hard. I'm sorry to hear that. Hopefully it is a short term layoff. Yes, I did. I actually stopped by today to say hello to the guys and we're uh, we're still pretty slow, but fingers crossed. So, 
How big of a shop is it? Uh, so we have five bays. Okay. There is my boss, myself, and then two other licensed technicians. Very so nice. We are, we are a small shop. We've been there for a long time. I like that size though. Having like worked at a dealership with 50 technicians and then working at tiny shops with three technicians, like that, that in between smaller kind of five, six techs, like that's, I think that's a sweet part, spot because it gets to be a family and it's very different than like the machine when you're at a dealership. I've, I've heard, I was definitely hoping to get in at a smaller shop when I first started applying. Yeah. Um, obviously, because it was so challenging, I kind of just lowered my expectations and was like, I'll take anything anywhere. I don't care. Um, but I was really lucky to get in at the shop I'm at now. How, how um, were they in comparison, like when you reached out to them to, to connect and try to get an apprenticeship with them? How were they versus the other, <laughs> the other shops? Um, I love telling this story, actually. So I walked into the shop, introduced myself, handed my current boss a resume. Um, I was five minutes down the road driving home from the shop and he called me and he said, wow, I really like your resume. That's impressive. Do you have work boots? Yes. Do you have safety glasses? Yes. You should come in and we'll try you out next week. Nice. That was it. And I had no experience working on cars. I was very open about that. I said, I know nothing. I want to know everything. I'm willing to learn. Like, let's go. And he seemed really happy about that. So that's awesome. I think that's like the, the goal with everyone is like, try to find that place where they're okay with and excited about bringing in somebody who has may not know anything, but has a good attitude. And the rest of the shops, like they missed out on a good opportunity and it's their loss. And with that attitude, you don't want to work there anyway. <laughs> right? <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's interesting how much of it still exists though, for sure. But I'm glad you didn't give up. No, I'm definitely persistent. That's for sure. So how did you, cause I know a lot of people who are watching this, there may be other younger women who are wanting, or even older women who are wanting to get into the trades and, encountering the same thing that you are or you did excuse me um how did you how did you handle it like how did you keep going when you hung up the phone and got had gotten laughed at like what was it that allowed you or helped you to keep going um i think for me um that it it's almost sounds cliche but it's so true those types of occurrences that happen really just fuel me to make me want to do more and make me want to do better and be better. And because it's, that's just so wrong in my head. So when things like that do happen, it absolutely just fires me up to go, really? Okay. That's awesome. Very cool. I, I am cut from the same cloth as that. Like, what do you mean I can't? What do you mean I shouldn't? <laughs> that just makes me want to do it more and prove everybody wrong. Well, and it's funny, too, because I have found um, throughout, I've been doing this job for just over four years now, and I have found um, 
you know, people want to give advice and, and be helpful and stuff. And I have had a lot of people say that, you know, you shouldn't get so mad about things or <laughs> that's, that is never going to change for me. And that, that fuels it. The day where I don't care will be the day where I have to put the wrenches down, you know? What is it you're getting mad about, though? <laughs> well, still, still just the, the sexism that's present. Do you experience it in your shop, or is your shop pretty supportive? Oh, my gosh. My shop is fabulous. I will say that. Um, I got really lucky in that aspect. I think that was also another concern for me going into the field. Um, I didn't even think about customers or anything like that. I was just really concerned about the men I'd be working with and would there be respect? Would there be harassment? What was it going to be like? Um, the guys that I work with and work for are fantastic. Like there has always been a high level of respect in the shop and they're all very professional relationships, but we're also still kind of like a little family because we're a small shop. Yeah. Um, so they're fabulous. Nice. I will say that. Um, it, it still definitely is present with customers sometimes. And I feel like sometimes is an understatement. <laughs> I don't want to make it sound too bad, but I also want to be honest and realistic. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I painting a rosy colored picture of everything doesn't help anybody. Like the reality is, is this is a hard path to walk and there's awesomeness to it and there's challenges to it. And that's just, that's just the reality. And if you know that going into it, then you're better equipped for it than if somebody's going into this field thinking like, this is going to be super easy and everybody's going to accept me and it's not going to be an issue. Cause sadly that's not the case. No, that, that is definitely not the case at all. What's, what are the experiences that you run into with customers? Like they just don't want you working on their car or? Um, I've definitely had a broad spectrum of experiences with customers. I think um, the ones that kind of repeat the most are people still assume I'm the secretary or they assume I'm just the boss's daughter helping out. Um, they ask often if I'm actually a mechanic or a real mechanic, or they ask why I'm dirty or what I was doing that I'm so dirty. I love that question. Are you actually a mechanic? <laughs> I was rolling around on the floor. Right. 20 years in, I'm still getting it. So. <laughs> that is so crazy. Yeah. Interesting. So... Aside from all the crap, let's talk about the good stuff. Um, what, what has been your favorite thing that you have learned or worked on thus far? Like, what's your area that you feel like this is the area that I get most excited about of cars? Um, or is it just all of it? <laughs> honestly, I think it's still all of it. Um, I definitely got really excited about school. Um, that was a big one for me because before I went and did my level one, I was still just kind of working willy nilly in the shop, right? Like you're, yeah. you're doing things, you know, you're doing an oil change, you know, you're doing breaks, but you're kind of standing there trying to understand, okay, wait, why am I doing this? Right. How does it fit into the bigger system? Then, you know, speaking with customers, you want to be able to help them understand what's happening to their vehicle. And I found that once I 
got the experience of going to school and actually learning everything in depth, it made my time working a lot better and I felt like I could educate customers better and then everything was just better. So I definitely enjoy the academic portion of it. Nice. Very cool. What is the coolest thing that you've worked on? <laughs> oh no. Oh my gosh, honestly, there I will say there's so many because my shop is such an old shop, we do get actually quite a few older vehicles in and kind of oddball. Nice. Oddball things. Um do you like the older vehicles more than the newer vehicles or vice versa or both? I definitely like the older ones. Why? Which I'm still learning how to work on them properly. They're um, a different breed. They're completely different. It's like it's a different thing entirely from new cars. I did actually learn quite a bit of carbureted stuff. Um, when I first started at my shop, I will say there was actually another tech who was at my shop for most of my time there who just uh, recently ended up getting laid off with COVID and other things. Um, he's 63. And he taught me so much about carbureted vehicles and just all the older tricks and things that, yeah. you know what I mean? That you can't really find these days. Yeah, for sure. Um, so working with him was, just a whole experience in itself sometimes. And that was really cool because I learned a lot of things that um, I don't think a lot of people would be able to learn now because we've progressed so much. Yeah. I feel like it's like almost com two completely different trades because people who are really good at working on old cars don't necessarily, they're not necessarily interested in, nor do they want to know about like the newer cars and then all the technology and the computers and all the rest of it. And then kind of vice versa. Like I grew up as a, as a dealer tech, I only knew new cars. Like I only worked on stuff that had a gazillion control modules. And then the first time I started working on old cars was really through all girls garage. Like I never worked on old cars before. I'm like, okay, time to learn a whole new thing. And it's like, it's all the same systems. Once you get over that block of mm. this is so different, it's all the same systems. It all transfers over. It's just now they're electronic and they're controlled by actuators instead of cables. But like, it's, it's a, it's a total switch of mentality, I feel like. And it's challenging. It's two different trades. <laughs> so it's cool that you're getting to learn both of them. It really is. Like, even when I did go to school, um, I think they were sort of maybe in the middle of transitioning the curriculum a little bit. Um, Cause we were talking about some, some older, some older things. And then we just, just touched on hybrids at the end of our eight week block in school. You ran um, the whole gamut. <laughs> you ran the whole gamut from carbureted yeah. to hybrid. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's definitely interesting. Like, I, I wonder what it would be like going into the trade right now, because even now I'm finding we're getting so many more hybrids and electric vehicles in the shop. Like, we have a couple, a couple Teslas that come to our shop. And the first nice. time that them came, we're all looking at each other and none of us want to get in it. <laughs> I don't want to touch it, you get in it. 
<laughs> I feel yeah, I'm I am uh I've never worked on a Tesla and I would really, really love to and I'm kind of nervous about it all at the same time. Cause it's a lot. And like if you leave the industry even for a second, it's like the technology just goes. Cause I like I haven't been on the line at the dealership for a number of years now and, and I had my own shop for a long time and I was on the line as a technician there, but we didn't get cars until they were out of warranty. And so now I see new, new cars and I'm baffled. Like I just had a, a Volvo S60 at the shop and I'm underneath it like, what is all of this stuff? <laughs> like the technology just moves so quickly. It's a lot. Definitely is. So if you could focus on like just one area, like suspension work or electrical work or like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of different areas. Do you have an area that like you enjoy and get excited about more so than others? Um, I would, electrical makes me excited. I haven't got to do a lot of it yet. Um, like, especially the last year with the circumstances, there was a lot more just straight working than there was really learning. Um, but I enjoy it, as frustrating as it is. I get a lot of enjoyment out of it. I don't know if it, that's because it's still new for me or what the <laughs> deal is, but... It's the fixer in you. It's the, the problem solver and fixer. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy the challenge of electrical too. It's the most frustrating thing and the most rewarding thing. 100%. All right, switching gears. Well, actually, I want to, before I switch gears, what's your least favorite? Uh, anything European. Ah! Oh, you hurt my heart. <laughs> Why? Oh, gosh. They're so frustrating to work on. <laughs> I feel the same way about domestic cars. Interesting. Yeah. I Ooh. feel like domestic cars are, like, they're not as well planned out. So... Like, for example, we, I just had a car, a truck in the shop today, and I'm pretty sure that the engine was out at some point and put back in, and none of the wiring was put back where it belongs, and, like, the harnesses are kind of, like, all over the place and zip-tied and, like, totally janky, right? And I've, I've been there with taking out a domestic engine and putting it back in. Like, nothing just simply goes back in place like it's supposed to, whereas, like, on a BMW, the harness only lays one way. Each connector is its own thing. Like you can't mix up connectors. Like I feel like it's easier. I feel like they're more um, strategically thought out. That's interesting. I mean, I have not worked on anything European that in depth. We don't, uh, we, we sort of limit our work on those at my shop just because we're not necessarily equipped for it. And we have such a small amount of them that come. It's not always worth it for tools and stuff like that. Yes, that's the challenge of European cars, is the special tools. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Once you get into them, they're really not that hard. They have a bad rep. <laughs> Don't be scared that of them. Thought, that thought is going to linger next time I work on a BMW. Don't be scared of them. They're awesome. <laughs> uh, okay, so now that I've asked that question, um, I do want to switch gears because I saw some talk on your Instagram page in the past and on your YouTube about a derby car that you built. I want to hear about this because that sounds like a ton of fun and it's something that I've kind of always wanted to do is is build a derby car and go like 
beat the crap out of it. <laughs> oh my gosh, what an experience that was. Um, How did that come up? What was that all about? That was uh, the fair that was happening in my hometown, always does a derby. It's a very backwards kind of vibe with a derby. Um, and this person that I was seeing at the time decided three days before the derby that they wanted to put a derby car in. Three days. <laughs> that was it. So I'm That sounds like something that I, like I would do. Last minute. Let's do this crazy thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess I'm here. I guess I'm kind of sort of mechanic. We're making a derby car now. Um, right. What did you guys, what did you do? To, what was it? What kind of car was it? It was a Ford Focus. Um, it was kind of sad, actually. The interior was immaculate. It was so nice. Uh, but the burnout was falling off, so it was okay. <laughs> um, we basically gutted the entire thing. Uh, windshield, windows, uh, pretty much you're allowed to have an engine and a frame. That's it. Like, nothing else. Okay. Ash, everything had to come out. Oh, wow. Um, it was my first time participating in this derby at all, so I really wasn't sure about the rules. I didn't know how much they were going to be enforced or not. Obviously, we were crunched for time. It was three very late nights. And it was a lead up. I don't remember if the derby was Thursday or Friday, but they were all work nights. Of course. So the first two days I worked on it in my backyard and then by the third day I was like all right enough of this and we towed it to my shop. Nice. And it was, I, we probably stayed till like 10 o'clock that night. Um, we kicked the windshield out of it an hour before the derby. <laughs> Honestly, it was a mess. I can't believe we pulled it off. And then we got to the derby, and I guess we missed. They had put in the rules that you had to cut a hole in the hood where the carburetor was. So I was like, there's no carburetor. It's fine. <laughs> and we get there, and the nice old fellow who was running the derby looked at it, and he's like, you need a hole in your hood there's no carburetor what do you mean he's like oh these rules are kind of old you still need a hole in the hood what <laughs> so oh yeah and we raced to the derby after kicking the windshield out i was still in my work clothes i had like a flathead and a hammer and i think that went like my purse <laughs> i didn't have anything i was so not prepared so we borrowed a saw nice. from one of the other guys who had also not cut a hole in his hood and we cut a hole in the hood in the parking lot Oh my god. That's amazing. I love it. I was waiting to hear you say that you used your hammer and your and your flathead. <laughs> I did not. I tried. <laughs> I gave up on that one really quick. That's amazing. So did you make it in? Did they let you in? Yes. I wasn't driving. Ah. I was the panic. Okay. Um yes, we did make it in and we ended up being out in the first round because I forgot about the inertia switch and then we just stopped getting fuel. Damn inertia switches. Damn it. Right? So that's a domestic car thing. That's a domestic car. 
I knew it. Like that piece of information was stored in my head, but apparently it just didn't surface in time. Oh my gosh. Okay, so funny story about inertia switches that I haven't shared ever and haven't thought about in forever because I don't think about inertia switches because they're not that like they're not that common anymore. But um, I got in a little fender bender once like ten years ago. Um, totally my fault. Totally my fault. I like rear-ended somebody. We weren't. We were going like five miles an hour, so it wasn't crazy. But it was enough that it triggered the inertia switch. And the woman who was driving was flipping out because her car wouldn't start and it wouldn't run. And I was like still relatively new in the industry and I only knew imports. I didn't know domestic cars at all, but I had taken Ford Fact at UTI, which was like the Ford program. So I'd learned about inertia switches. And I was like, this woman is gonna sue me. This woman is losing her mind because her car doesn't start. There was no damage. Like there was no physical damage to the car at all, but it wouldn't start. And I was like, wait a second like little light bulb of memory from tech school. And I'm like, there's this weird thing called an inertia switch. I have no idea if your car has one, but let me see. And I like got in her trunk and I found the inertia switch and I pressed it and her car started. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then she was fine. She was like, all right, no big deal. I've got no damage, bye. That is fantastic. <laughs> totally saved my rear end. <laughs> oh my gosh. My car was really badly damaged, so that kind of sucked, but her car was fine. <laughs> Damn inertia switches. Yeah. So what, um, what, like, what's the future hold for you? What are your goals? What are your plans in the industry? Are you, like, do you have a vision of what that is? Um, I'm not sure yet. When I first got into it, I, um, I had the intent of going into teaching. That was... Okay. Uh, my experience in my automotive class in high school, I feel like really set a good tone for me wanting to go into the industry. The teacher I had was fantastic. He he didn't care if that I was a girl or who I was. Like, he was just excited. He had a student who wanted to learn. Yes. Um, Cheers to your auto shop teacher for that. <laughs> he is fabulous. We can stay cuts as well. Um, auto shop teachers play such a huge role in in how we get people into the industry because they either make or break it like you either go on or you don't and it's it's a shame there's oh, not enough good ones out there I'm glad you had a good one I really did and even when I went to college for my level one um the teachers that I got were fabulous as well uh, to the point where, when, and I had all uh, men teachers, and they were so fabulous to the point where one of them actually took me aside and said, hey, you're the only girl in a class of 40 boys. How are things going? Because God knows you're not going to come to me with anything because you probably already have a chip on your shoulder. So how are things going? <laughs> That's awesome. That's very cool. Yeah. Nice. I, I also had all male teachers. And uh, most of them were not that cool. <laughs> I did have a couple of really good ones. Had a couple yeah. of good ones. But I would get like, it was one of two extremes, right? Either I would have a teacher, because we the way we did it, we switched teachers every three weeks. Because I went to Universal Technical Institute. So every three weeks, it was a new teacher. It was a new group of boys in my class. I was always the only girl. And um, I would either get the teacher who would make like a snide comment, like, all right, boys, we've got a little lady in the class now, so you got to watch your mouth. 
right? Or they wouldn't say anything, but then they'd like give little like digs throughout the class. Like here, let me explain it more simply for you and be looking at me. Like it was, it was, yeah, it was not good. I had like three awesome male teachers out of the probably 20 that I had throughout the program. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, teachers make a big difference. They really do. School school was tough in that aspect when yeah. I did go. So you want to be a teacher. That's awesome. Well, I wasn't sure. That's that's what I started with. Okay. And then when I started at my shop, um, we don't have a secretary or an office person or anything. It's my boss. He runs the office, but he's also a licensed technician. Okay. Um, and I hurt my back two years ago now, I think. Oof, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Um, but I was, I couldn't bend over for a few months. I oh, was wow. in physio. Um, so I actually just worked in the office with my boss. And I really enjoyed it. Um, not just the office work, obviously. I had people asking me, oh, are you going to switch to a secretary now? No. Um, <laughs> But just the, the running of business, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, so I'm not really sure which way I'm gonna, gonna take it yet, but. Well, if you can be good at both of those things, like that's, that's, then you have the keys to the kingdom, right? Like if you can understand and know the technician experience well enough and you can know the service advisor experience well enough, I think that's what it takes to be able to be a shop owner. So I definitely, I, I encourage that. I hear technicians all the time say they want to own their own shop and like learn the front end. Be, go be a service advisor. Go talk to customers and have that experience because it is a different, it is a different side of the industry. <laughs> it, yeah, it definitely is for sure. So is teaching off the table or are you still like, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm honestly I'm not sure and this this whole last year was just so strange with being off work and starting level 2 and then program got suspended and I I feel like I forgot I forgot how to do certain things. I don't know. It feels like it's been too long, so I'm not sure. It's like riding a bike. It'll come right back to you. Right? <laughs> It'll come right back. So, what else? What else? Outside of work, outside of working on cars at the shop and doing derby cars in their three-day deadline, um, like a lunatic, <laughs> yeah. what what else are you into? Guitars. Guitars. <laughs> Clearly. Those are, like, that's a pretty sick collection. Are, are there, like, are there stories behind any of them? Thank you. Um, I'm not a guitar player, so I know nothing. I'm not either. I've never taken a lesson. It was just something I enjoyed. I just, I'm a music junkie. That's nice. All. You taught yourself? Yes. I watched a lot of videos of David Gilmore too, but <laughs> that's awesome. So you just collected a huge collection of guitars. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, definitely a big music junkie. Um, I have a collection of cacti that I keep killing, unfortunately. I can't seem to keep a plant alive. 
I'm with you in that club. I'm the black thumb club. I can kill a plant in like two seconds flat. They're supposed to be easy to keep alive and they're yeah. not at all. No, I don't find any plants easy to keep alive. No, I started I, buying big ones. There you go. Yeah, I'm all about that life. Um, <laughs> I had a, a hanging plant in my kitchen once and my mom came over and she's like, oh my gosh, you have a living plant. You haven't killed it yet. And I'm like, I just got it yesterday. Give me a chance. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it lasted a week. Hilarious. And I see pictures of you dirt biking. Is that a thing? A little bit. Um, I don't own a dirt bike. Not yet, anyways. Um, but uh, a couple of my friends have them. So I've done, I've done enough of it, I think. Very cool. What, what are you, the people in your life? Like, what is your, what is your family think about you being a technician and your friends and like mom was the one who recommended it obviously which means she's like a super cool mom but were they surprised that you took to it and wanted to keep going with it oh yeah like the people the people who did know me growing up and the people I went to school with uh everybody was really confused a lot of people told me not to I don't even think from a bad place necessarily. I think they were just like, Hannah, what, what do you mean? Like they were, they were not for it. A lot of people were concerned I was going to hurt myself because I'm on the smaller side. So they thought I wouldn't be able to do it physically. Um, but overall, the people, I keep my circle very small and the people who are in it are su supportive. They're very supportive. Yeah. So I, I have to ask, since people were concerned you'd hurt yourself, was the back injury a work-related injury? I wish it was. I tried to pick up a pumpkin, and the bottom <laughs> just blew out of my back. Oh my gosh. Right? <laughs> I wish it was work-related, because people just assume, because I have an old man back, that I hurt myself working on a car, and I wish I could say yes, but I'd be lying. That's amazing. I love it. You are you are like my sister from another mother because I am the same. Like I will hurt myself in the stupidest of ways, and it's so embarrassing. So I'm like I wasn't even doing anything cool, damn it. Right? Like I feel like I could have been like, oh, I was just lifting up an engine by myself, <laughs> something impressive, but I wasn't. I tried to pick up a freaking pumpkin. I love it was just a comment. They're like, it was a big pumpkin though, right? Was it a big pumpkin? It was huge. Okay. Defense, it was probably probably my own body weight. It was massive. Oh my God. What were you doing oh trying God. to pick up a pumpkin that's your body weight? I wanted to carve it. I really like Halloween. <laughs> All right. So that's a better story than any of my injuries. Damn it. You win. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm still more embarrassing with my injuries. Oh. I pulled out my neck once answering a phone. That's how you know you're old. Oh my god. Yeah, I was like typing on my computer and the phone was over like on the side of me and I just must have turned in like the wrong direction to grab the phone and I was like, uh-oh. And something like tweaked in my neck and I was out for like a week. Yeah, because oh I'm that god. idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I do like dangerous stuff all day long, but I'll cut myself on the stupidest things. 
The only bone I've ever broken in my body, I broke walking. I broke oh my, my I broke my foot just walking. I actually I rolled my <laughs> ankle. I tripped over a hoist and ended up almost breaking my ankle. I was on crutches at the shop. I did do that one at the shop. That was pretty good. That makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> I, I showed up. I did that on, when I was working on a Saturday. And then I showed up to work on Monday on crutches. And my boss was standing in the doorway. He's like, what are you doing here? I was like, you can just put me at the tire machine and hand me tires. I'll just stand <laughs> on the foot. He's like, go home. No. <laughs> That's a great attitude, though. I love it. That'll get you far. <laughs> like, I can still work. I can still do stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. And good boss for sending you home. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh my goodness. Um, what else? What else should we know about you? Nobody who's watching knows who you are or what your story is. What else should we know about you? Uh, <laughs> I'm 22. I'm trying to get through my apprenticeship in the middle of a pandemic. Um, I have posted some pictures of the truck I've been working on. What's the lot. truck? That is the Chevy. It's actually the one that you posted. That's mm. not even my truck. <laughs> so, so it's not your truck, but it's what you're working on. Yes. No. Okay. It's, so it's actually my boyfriend's truck. Okay. He's been doing this build. He's a he's a tech as well. Okay. Um, he's been doing this build for about two years. He's been slowly working on it and we both got laid off at the same time. So I've been lucky enough that um, his shop is slow as well. So he just has a bay right now that he can use freely to oh, work nice. on. Um, so I've been doing that with him lately, which is really fun because I still get to get my hands dirty and yeah. not forget how to turn a wrench. What are you guys doing to it? Uh, he literally rebuilt the entire thing. Oh, wow. Like, I, I wish I could answer a hundred questions about it, but honestly, I couldn't even tell you. He's, he's, he should be licensed. He's not yet, but he should be. I couldn't answer all the questions about it, honestly. <laughs> he's done so much to it. But you're learning and you're having fun. Yes, so definitely. All, all that matters. Yep. And the keeping... engine and transmission went in last week. So What's that? The engine and transmission went in last week. Very nice. So that was fun. Very cool. It keeps you keeps you busy during COVID. That's gotta be crazy going through this program during COVID. Like it throws a wrench, no pun intended, into everything. Oh yeah. It was I was in school for my level two in March of last year. And two weeks into the program, the city shut down, then it got suspended. So I stayed off work for a couple months. Wasn't sure what was going on. Um, continued to stay off just because there was so many cases of COVID and everything. Then I went back to work. And then about five weeks after that, they told us that school was back in session, but it was online. Okay. So it, it was, it's been a ride. Is your school learning when you go into school? Because you're doing such hands-on experience in your apprenticeship, like, is school much more book-oriented, or are you doing hands-on stuff in, normally? Obviously not during COVID when it's online, but how, how is that kind of segmented out? 
Um, it's pretty balanced. I want to say I think it's about 50-50 between the shop and academic. Okay. Um, like, they have a beautiful shop at the college. Nice. Um, it's It's definitely very basic, though. Like, you usually get a lab sheet. You do this, that, the other thing, check it off, and you're good to go. Like, it's very base level they just kind of want to get the idea across like you'll usually have a theory lesson first okay and the next lab to follow is okay we learned these things now we're going to apply them makes sense so how is that working with online learning so when i completed my level two they actually just restarted the program so the two weeks we did two just went out the window which was fine um we did how did they do it? I think they cut our lab time in half and then cut cut us into four different groups. Um, so it was like 90% online learning and oh, then okay. very basic labs and we were in groups of 10 okay. and we still did go to the college, but it was only every second week. It was very minimal. Interesting. And masks and we had to sanitize the stations and everything, obviously. Yeah. Interesting. I, I don't understand, like, you know, obviously there's a ton of stuff that can be done remotely and online and all of that. And that's like a cool thing that's come out of COVID is how many people are realizing, like, we can do a ton of stuff remote and we can do a ton of stuff by computer, but hand learning, right? Like, <laughs> there's nothing that replaces that. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was different. Honestly, I didn't, I was very okay with it like given the circumstances and the teachers that I had also did a really good job. Um, so I, the online experience was actually really good. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's good to hear. I have to point out that somebody, somebody commented that you, you said you only sort of play guitar, but somebody just pointed out that you play kick ass guitar. So, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> are you more talented than you're letting on? I play sometimes. That's all. <laughs> I feel like you're being modest somehow. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's a healthy amount of modest, I think. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So in this like kind of end portion, because we only get an hour. Um, so I, I always like to ask, and I'm curious your thoughts, um, but if you had an opportunity to talk to the younger you or just somebody else like you out there in the world thinking that this might be a path for them, what, what are your words of advice and wisdom to them? I would say go for it. Uh, listen to your gut. Don't listen to other people. <laughs> listen to your gut always. Um, and definitely be yourself. Mm. Um, I hear the last one, especially towards young women, um, or any women. Um, I find it's really easy to get lost in the idea of wanting to be like one of the boys and Sometimes you can kind of disrespect yourself in doing that because you want to fit in and you want to be a part of something. And I think it's just really important to be who you are, regardless 
of what your gender is or who you are, where you came from. If you want to do the job, do the job and just go for it. Yeah. I'm glad you said something about that because I think that's a really big thing. And I, I hope that that's changing a little bit, that that women in the trades are able to feel like they don't have to be one of the guys. I, I know I definitely did coming up. Um, my, my first job was pretty hostile and they did not want me there. And the, the way to survive was to, to be one of the dudes, right? Be one of the guys, be more offensive than they were so that nothing they could say ever would offend me, right? Um, to, to curse more than they did so that it, it like, I don't know, it let me fit in, right? Um, and not have it be as challenging as it, as it could have been. Um, but I, I feel like the younger generation of women coming into the trades are, seem a little bit more at home with, yes, I'm a woman, yes, I'm a technician. <laughs> like those are two completely separate things, right? And there's a, there's a fine line too, right? Like be professional, like professionalism is wearing your uniform and not treating this like it's not a, a respectable profession and a, a profession, it's a trade, right? Um, so there's a fine line, but that doesn't mean that you have to be a guy, like own who you are. I think that's a really important thing. Agreed. Very cool. Wise words of wisdom. Well, um, I loved chatting with you and I love getting to know you a little bit. I want to hear you play guitar at some point. Um, if I was meaner person, I would make you do it on the live, but I'm not going to do that because I'm not that mean. <laughs> But I super appreciate you taking time out of your day to chat with me and hang out for a little bit. And I hope that we get to meet in like real, real life at some point in the future when COVID eases up and we're allowed to roam about the world a little bit. Um, but Amazing. yeah, for sure. So I appreciate it. And for all those who are watching, um, make sure you go check her out, check out her page, give her a follow, support what she's doing. Um, we, as women in this industry, we need, we need our allies. We need the people supporting us. And that's both men and women. And it makes a really big difference. So I appreciate everybody who tunes in every week to hear these happy hours and meet these incredible women and who tune in this week to meet Hannah and um, come back next week for another interview with another woman from the trades. I'm not going to tell you who it is yet. So you just have to stay tuned, but I appreciate you. I appreciate everybody who's watching. Um, I need you to send me your address, Hannah, so that I can send you your um, present for being. Oh, my God. oh yeah. That? Absolutely. Thank you so much. Oh my God. I was so excited about this. Like <laughs> You're so you're so cute. Listen, girl, I am I am a technician just like you, right? Like I just happened to land on TV because when the show started, I was one of of it was pre-Instagram, right? So even though there were probably a ton of female mechanics out there, I was just the one that they happened to find. I was just doing my thing, running my shop, wrenching on cars. I'm just like you. And in all honesty, like you make much, as much of a difference in this industry as I do. And all of us, like we, we rise together when we work together and when we just are out there and present and showing the world that we exist and that we can kick butt and that this is a path for women. So I appreciate you doing what you do. Thank you oh, so much. Absolutely. 
Cheers, everybody. Have a fantastic rest of your week and of your evening. And we will talk more soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you.